Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Uncorked Corner podcast. I'm Bianca, your co-host. I'm here with Nick, and we are excited to be welcoming a return guest, Justin from Neshoba Valley Winery. But today we are here to talk all about Bolton Beer Works. So, Justin, if you could just remind us uh, who you are, what you do, and then give us a little intro to the brewery. Sure. Yeah, my name is Justin Pelletier. I'm the COO of Neshoba Valley Winery, Neshoba Valley Spirits, and Bolton Beer Works. Uh, we started brewing in 2004, uh, upgraded our whole system in 2015, again in 2019, and then we are adding a new canning line this upcoming spring and summer. Uh, we're focused on local uh, grains and our beers, uh, supporting other local businesses, and producing beer mostly for on-site consumption, but we're looking to start expanding that come summertime and fall of this upcoming year. Awesome. Well, welcome back on. Uh, I know I'm excited to have you back. You were our very first guest on our podcast when we started yeah. off last year. So <laughs> in the new year, it's good. We're coming full circle. We're excited. And I know Bianca's yeah, pouring all the beer for me right now. So having haven't had it. That's what you get for moving out of state. I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I, I've i been there before. Um, Nick, have you actually been on site before? I have not. Yeah, yeah. Your shop's awesome. We had shared some stuff on social yesterday, so I absolutely love going up there. But let's let's dive into the brews that we have here. So we have five different ones, one of which is actually a hard apple cider, Nick. So we have a cider as well. Um, so which one was your, was your first, or did you kind of launch with all of these? Uh, so the Bolt 117 was actually one of the first beers we uh, produced at the brewery. Uh, it's a very simple style beer. We originally started brewing mostly actually to supply beer for our weddings. We host about 15 to 20 different uh, different weddings every single year. And so we always wanted to only provide alcoholic products that we produce. So we started brewing beer and that's kind of how we got into the beer industry. But the Bolt 117, it's a very simple style lager, um, fermented, cold aged, it provides a real nice, clean and crisp flavor, uh, simple hops, simple grain build. It's a very easy drinking beer. I was kind of the tail behind it was kind of just to provide a simple beer for the Bud Light drinkers almost that were coming to the winery for weddings with a little bit of an upscale twist, uh, craft twist, I guess I would put on it of a, of, of a Bud Light. It's a, a very clean beer. It's very, very easy drinking, but it does still have a nice malty finish and a little subtle hint of hop flavor to it. That's actually named after the street that we're on in 117, which runs right through Bolton. Sorry, I'm holding the bottle up for Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So I think what's great about all of your stuff is one, that of course it's local. And I think it's awesome the way that you guys have a little bit of everything. I mean, from the spirits to the wine to the beer, it's, it's great to have all of that. And I actually didn't realize that you had cider. So one of the, one of the ones in front of me is a rosé cider which is really interesting. So you don't see that too often. Was that kind of like something people were asking for? Was that driven by just people loving the whole rosé movement? Or is that, you know, something that you guys have had for a while? Yeah, so that's the, uh, I believe we're going on our third season of having a rosé fire in the orchard. Um, we're located, as you know, on a 50 acre apple farm. So apples are and orcharding has always been kind of the basis of the business. Uh, I grew up on the orchard. I know a fair amount of apple about apples. We grow 80 varieties of apples right now. And a lot of those are cider apples. 
So come in the fall, uh, we roll out an estate style cider, a state fire in the orchard with all apples that we grow right on site. So our fire in the orchard has a little bit of a, a twist on that. I, it's very specified apples that go into the product. There's a specific blend that we've been using for quite a couple of years now. And the rosé is actually, we came out with that about a week ago now. So I'm excited that you guys were able to get some of that, but it's uh, actually colored and sweetened with fresh uh, grape juice that we sourced right from down, down the hill at the winery. So that it was a, um, the fire in the orchard. And then we just added a little bit of the grape juice for coloring and sweetness, uh, carbonated up to a little bit higher level than you see in most ciders and then just bottled it. And I, I find that the higher level on the carbonation, higher level carbonation on ciders is very, very unique. And it kind of provides a little bit more of the, the apple flavor up front on the palate, which is something that I, I really like. And then we also have the, the fire in the orchard traditional dry hard cider which is actually a little bit of a different apple blend than the one that's used in the rosé. It's a little bit more tanniny. Um, the reason for that is that we do serve it very, very dry, bone dry. So we're really looking for the apple to speak and kind of allow it to show its forefront and how, how we really want to display what we're proud of and which, which at the end of the day is growing high quality fruit. And all the fruit that's used in the fire in the orchard is sourced in the, from the New England, New York region, which is another thing we're always very happy about. That's very cool. And so you obviously those apples are on site and those are mostly your apples in your area. Uh, you also said you like to focus on local grains and things like that with the beer. So do you have any, is that all stuff that you grow yourself as well? Or is that local farms that you partner with, you know, year to year to kind of get that same supply? So we actually use two different local suppliers for our local grains. Every beer that you guys are going to drink today or every beer that we ever produce is made with at least 15 to 20% uh, all local malt. Right now, we've been partnered with Stonepath Malt, their um, malt house down towards the South Shore Cape region. We've been uh, with Valley Malt, which is uh, another Massachusetts-based business for quite a few years. We use a lot of their product and some of the distilled spirits that we've uh, distilled over the years, but it's very important to us. I mean, shopping local uh, is very, very important, and that's always what you're going to uh, consume in all of our products, whether it be wine, beer, or spirits. It's a focus on local. We're not just here to help ourselves locally. We're here to support other local farms and try to keep that trend growing for generations to come. And a couple of the other ones here that we have. So we'll finish going through this lineup and then get into some more detailed questions. Uh, we have the Bad Wolf Oatmeal Rye Porter. So can you give us an idea of compared to just like a traditional lager, what would that look like for somebody, you know, who's not as familiar, what makes it an oatmeal rye and, and what makes that different? Uh, almost completely different than the Bolt 117 lager. Uh, this is going to be a dark beer. Um, it's not as intimidating as a lot of the dark beers that are on the market right now, which is something that I think it, it makes it a little bit easier to drink and a little bit less intimidating for somebody who's just kind of getting into the dark, dark beer kind of market. It's a, um, it's kind of a play on the classic oatmeal stout. It's really sweet malty with a little bit of a twist and that twist is a really high use of rye that we put into the um, malt build here it's very very i won't say over the top rye but it's definitely noticeable um it's very very dark and it has a very very smooth velvety finish to it which is one i'm actually drinking it right now it's one of my favorite beers we have out um the the rye makes it a little bit spicy and it um, is a little bit sweet, so they kind of play off of each other, and it's a really nice drinking experience. 
And I'm about to pour some of that and try it myself, so I'll let you know what I think. But in the meantime, <laughs> the last one that we have in this lineup today is the Mother Apple IPA. So what was the inspiration behind that one? And I guess similar to the others, how does it how does it differ? You know, what makes it unique? So one of my uh, favorite things about this beer is actually the name. Uh, Mother Apple is an antique apple that was actually founded in Bolton in the um, 1800s and it's actually an antique apple that we grow right on site at the winery so that's kind of the basis of the name for it and it's not an apple beer but it it's it tries to pay homage to our farm in to, to Bolton and just kind of showcasing the uh that variety that was founded so long ago but this beer is basically designed to be the IPA void if you will between the traditional English style IPA and the more modern like New England, very, very hoppy IPA. It is a hop forward IPA, but it has a very, very nice malt finish to it, which is something that I find on the market right now, you don't find too often in, in IPAs especially, um, but that's, it's one of our highest selling beers right now out there. It's got a real great uh, malty finish and toasted nutty bready flavors to it that uh, oftentimes you don't really find in a lot of the IPAs on the market. It is still, like I said, focused on the hops. It is an IPA, but that malty finish and the nutty and the bready flavors is something that I find very unique to this beer. That is very cool. You really don't see a lot on the market. I'm excited to try that one out. Now, when it comes to your lineup of beers and ciders, uh, do you have a lot of seasonality with it where certain things come out certain times of the year, you're always rotating, or do you kind of always have the same lineup? Uh, we're very much a rotational style brewery. I mean, we're a microbrewery. We're very, very small. We're excited that we actually, um, this year or last November, we just hired our brand new head brewer. His name's Scott, Scott Carlin. He's very, very passionate about what he's doing. He brings a very uh, upbeat, passionate, um, creative kind of style recipe building to our, our, our brewery and it's something that we're really passionate about. So these were the actually the first three beers he made here were the three that you have in front of you today. Uh, so I'll say the Bolt 117 is something we'll always have on tap. The Mother Apple is usually something we'll have on tap, I would say 10 out of the 12 months. And then our three through five, if you will, beers on tap are always kind of rotating. Uh, right now we're in our slow season. Uh, all of our beer right now is only sold on site, most of which is for on site consumption. And with winter, obviously, we're an outdoor venue. It's pretty slow. So that's why we only have three beers on the shelves right now. But come spring, summer, We'll be in the five, six uh, beer range. And at that point, we're going to be rolling out quite a few different seasonality beers. And yeah, you guys have so much. I feel like, uh, for, especially for a craft type of brewery, I think for your size, you produce such a great quality and so much, um, which is awesome. And I've always loved the wines and the spirits. I know we got the chance to try back when we first had you on the podcast. So yeah. we've really enjoyed everything that, that we've tried there. And I think um, we, I keep going back, I'm always there, but <laughs> this is really good. So this is the first time I've tried any of the beers and Nick will have his, <laughs> have his chance when I drive him up to him. As, as with last time, yeah, I didn't get a try yeah. the last time, yeah. either, but compliments i did i really enjoyed the uh it was the northern comfort the stimulus whiskey everything that awesome. i tried bianca brought me was it a uh a raspberry wine bianca Back. yes i did i i bought nick some wine and brought it up there awesome. <laughs> raspberry is actually stuff. the uh the wine of the month for february is the raspberry wine in the perfect right now love that yeah that's it's so good and um i love the label on the bad wolf because it's it's supposed to be like little red riding hood exactly yep yeah. <laughs> i love it 
Did you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for you it, and just being so immersed in everything, I mean, you're doing so much there. And I know you must just juggle a million things. How, <laughs> in, from your perspective, like how, you know, it, it must be fun to see everything. So like, what is your experience like? And for you, you know, what's your favorite part about being able to have a hand in so many different, you know, parts of the spirits industry? And which part do you spend most of your time in? Do you find yourself getting pulled towards? Uh, <laughs> um, I would say my, my favorite part is just to see how much we've developed, how much my dad and myself have developed the business over the years. I mean, I was basically born onto the farm. Uh, I've been working there since the time I could walk. If there's anything that you see out there, my dad, my grandfather, and myself have built it. So I think that's what I'm most proud of is how much we've really grown the business. I mean, we started off in what 1995 as took over a winery without having any sort of wine knowledge it was only a fruit winery at that time since then we've added the brewery we've added the distillery we added the five-star restaurant we planted a vineyard we've planted 12 acres of vineyard i should say we've added more apple trees and we continue to preserve land in bolton to preserve it for farming and try to not continue to have more real estate developments which is what my dad is most proud of but it's it's a very fun industry to be in. It allows you to show your creative side, which is something I always really enjoy. And it, it's kind of something like when you're hanging out with your friends and you get an idea and you start bouncing the ideas off of them, then you're able to kind of bring it into life. It's, it's something that a, a normal job, if you will, doesn't allow you the opportunity to be able to create something for your friends, your family, uh, to enjoy something that you're passionate about. And it's, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I mean, this is what I do. This is what I've always done. And this is what I always will do. Um, where I spend the most of my time, uh, is trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do on the day. Uh, usually I get to work at like six 30 or so, seven o'clock and it's all hands on deck at that point. I mean, I'm juggling the winery, the brewery, the distillery and the orchard. So there's always, always days where I'm needed more in a certain areas. For example, if a tractor breaks down in the orchard, I'm out there. If the distillery is having an issue, I'll help out there. If the winery needs an extra hand, I'll help out there. Uh, but I would say the majority of the time I spent is in the planning end of things, making sure production on all facets continues to move. Um, I'd say planning, training, and um, recipe, creativity, and all that kind of stuff is where I spend the majority of my time. And you do have your restaurant, which is that still operating right now with everything going on? It is. We actually have a big Valentine's Day week coming up on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's a specialized Valentine's uh, menu, if you will. And then on Sunday for Valentine's Day, it's a prefix menu created by uh, our executive chef, Chef Matt. He does a great job. We also will have that available for curbside pickup for those uh, customers and our guests that don't feel comfortable quite eating indoors. We'll have our whole menu available for curbside, uh, excuse me, a little bit of a limited menu available for curbside pickup that day. And for everyone who's coming, are you doing, uh, since you guys, I mean, you have a shop there and you sell everything as well. Do you sell from your restaurant, the be like beverages people want to pair as well? So if they order, say a steak, for example, and they want uh, a bottle of beer or some wine, are they able to order that as well? Yep. All the uh, alcoholic beverages at our restaurant are produced right here on site. Um, so if somebody goes up to the restaurant, they're able to get any sort of wine, beer, or spirit that they would like. We have a numerous um, different cocktails. We're actually going to be rolling out some more cocktail kits available in the retail store, uh, I believe, tomorrow, actually, possibly Wednesday. Um, but that'll be a, a fun thing, something we always like to do. And that's kind of how 
in, at the start of COVID, that's kind of where we were really focused on with these different cocktail kits, different different uh, curbside pickup orders. So it's fun to be able to get back to that. It's kind of a full circle one year later kind of deal for us. And uh, I remember talking about that with you before, and you said you had your bartender making most of those, designing most of those cocktail recipes. And I know we've talked to a ton of other uh, places that kind of jumped on the same thing when it came to COVID, really trying to get that stuff out the door and make sure people could enjoy their stuff. So do you have any specific cocktails that are coming out? Like you said, you have some new ones. Uh, What are the favorite recipes, the new ones that are going to be coming out that you're really excited for? We have a, um, a special, so the one that we're coming out with on um, Wednesday is it's called Cupid's Cupid's Arrow, and it's a, it's an interesting blend. It uses that raspberry wine, actually, um, and then a spirit that we no longer produce, but I had a few cases left of it, and it is really delicious. It's called Elephant Heart. It's a plum-style brandy, and it's actually uh, almost like a fortified wine, I guess you would say, because we end up adding back adding our plum wine to it. And it makes a really uh, interesting, creative, very plum forward uh, spirit, which is something that's used in the cocktail. And it's really, really good. Christine, who's our our restaurant manager and head cocktail specialist does a great job. And this is one one that we're gonna be rolling out, see how it does. And if if the market is still there, we're gonna be rolling out quite a few other ones like we did in the summer and the spring. I think my favorite cocktail kit that she put together so far was the vodka margarita. We had that one out in June. It was very, very crisp, refreshing, uh, made with uh, 100% real fruit juice, fresh fruit juice, all right from our local providers, uh, lemons, limes, all that kind of good stuff. And it it was really, really good. And um, hopefully we can get that one back out when the weather warms up a little bit. When do you anticipate opening back up for the season? I know because you have that huge outdoor space, which is incredible. When do you anticipate opening that back up again? I'm sure it's all pending New England weather, but <laughs> your average year. Yeah, so you, right now we actually still are open. We have heaters outside. We have a few guests every day kind of brave the weather and sit out there with the heaters and all that kind of stuff. We have a limited seating, limited menu right now, no reservations required. But we're looking right now uh, to kind of open back up fully come April. Uh, mid-April, early May definitely will be open. Uh, but like you said, it really is uh, New England weather dependent. Yeah, definitely. I can't even, I can't stress enough for everybody who's listening. If you're in Massachusetts or even if you're uh, in any of the New England states really revisiting, uh, it's such a great experience going there, bringing stuff home. You have so much to pick from. There's a variety for absolutely everybody. And I have yet to try something that I don't like. I know, uh, Nick, you tried a couple things now, like we mentioned that raspberry wine. Um, in these beers, I know Nick's going to love them, so we're excited. <laughs> but for everybody listening, absolutely, like, head in, get get something to eat, get something to drink, bring some stuff home and save it. It's so great. Um, just I just can't stress that enough because we always have such a great experience. So, yeah, really we're so excited that, to yeah. have you back on. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the main things that I always try to stress to everybody is when they're coming out to visit the winery, I, I almost like to challenge people to try to find one thing that they or they can't find anything they won't like. We have something for everybody. I mean, we make 30 different wines. Traditionally, we make five, six different beers. We have 10 different spirits. We have a little something for everybody, no matter what your tastes are. If you like sweeter wines, if you like drier wines, if you like red wines, if you like rosé wines, if you like dark beers, light beers, all that kind of stuff. There's something for everybody at the store, which I think is, is really, really cool. And... 
on that note, for everybody who wants to follow along with what you're releasing, what's going on there, when your openings are, all of that good stuff, where can we find you on social and online? Uh, so our website, neshobawinery.com, is probably the best place to always look out for the most updated information. On socials, we have three different Instagrams, and same with Facebook. Uh, the winery is neshoba underscore valley underscore winery. The brewery, which is what we're discussing today, is at Bolton underscore beer underscore works. And then the distillery is at Neshoba underscore Valley underscore spirits. Awesome. We'll put all well, the links in the description as always, but uh, sorry, Nick, just jumping in front of you. <laughs> no problem. I just wanted to thank you again, Justin, for taking the time coming on. I know I'm excited to get my hands in these beers and ciders, and I will definitely be coming down again soon and getting some more of everything else you have to offer because you may do such a good job. So thanks again, and uh, cheers. Cheers. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, guys. Be sure to follow us on social at Uncorked Corner and on the blog at uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a comment, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thanks for listening. Thanks.